Hello and welcome to Don't Tell Me What to Do, the astrology podcast. I'm Lisa Kiss, your host, and I'm also an astrologer, teacher, and conscious business guide. This podcast is named after one of my favorite sayings and expressions to live your life. We're all here to experience life in our own unique ways. So keep listening to explore different views of living life through astrology, business, and personal development as we go through the Zodiac seasons together and with our guests. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm here with Gabby Moran, a yoga teacher and human design reader based in Australia. And um, I almost want to say astrology, but she, she's working on that as well. Um, we connected through a, I guess, like community um, membership program with um, Anna Grace Wellbeing. I can link to her below as well. Um, Anna and Gabby are like my two, um, Australian contacts and like, we'll say like digital friends over there. Um, but I will pass it off to her to introduce herself before we get into today's episode all about, uh, human design. Hi everyone. I'm Gabby. Um, it's so exciting to be on this podcast. Thanks, Lisa. Um, I am an Aquarius. I'm a manifesting generator. Uh, I have recently started doing human design readings, which is so exciting. Uh, and I'm also a restorative yoga teacher, um, teaching people about rest and their nervous system, which I'm super passionate about. Um, and I'm also studying astrology, but have not finished that yet. So I can't wait to learn more from Lisa. It's yeah, it's just such an exciting world. Yeah. So do you want to share, um, for some reason, I thought you were a projector. I have absolutely no idea why that's, that's what I am, but what's your, um, I want to use the right term, the profile number. Is that? Yeah. So I'm a four, six profile. Okay. And then do you want to share your sun moon rising and then I can get into the astrology part? Yeah, sure. And so I'm an Aquarius sun and rising and a Taurus moon. Yes. So um, for, I guess, those listening that don't know a lot about astrology, she has sun, moon, rising, all in fixed signs. So do you find that the fixed energy comes out within your personality a lot, like the consistency and routine? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, when I first met Gabby, I was just saying this before I hit record, I thought she was a water sign. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I picking up? And when I looked at her chart, she has five planets in water which is you have like a Pisces stellium which I love I have a Pisces moon so I'm like all for the Pisces energy um yeah. how do you find like the Pisces energy come through yeah I really notice it in my communication I think um like inside my brain is very Piscean very dreamy a little vague but like it's a nice place for daydreaming um and then when I try and like verbally communicate sometimes I find it hard to translate what's in my mind through my voice and out into the world do you have like a, a very like I'm assuming it's very like visual like you can see things like it maybe almost looks like art and color and you just there's no words to the to the visualizations of it yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah, I live in like a daydream land too most of the time. <laughs> yeah. Do you know any um do you have any Virgo energy in your life? Like any Virgos you know or people who have Virgo placements? 
I do. I think Anna's one of them, which is amazing. Yes, Anna's a very good <laughs> That grounding energy is great. Um, yeah, and a couple of friends. Yeah, it's definitely an energy that I like to be around. And because it's my Chiron as well, there's a lot to learn from Virgo. Yes, I, my brother's a Virgo, so he's always like, he's like, no, he's like, you're in your imagination too much. He's like, come on, like, get, let's get to the facts. So, but there's like that good balance. The Virgo Pisces is my favorite access in astrology because it's like mm-hmm. our health and well-being, but then the things we can't see. And I think there's a big like, um, I don't know, it's just my favorite thing, the connection between the two. And um, you have your Saturn in Pisces, though. So it is your like life lesson. Um, You're at a two degree Saturn in Pisces. So your Saturn return will be next year. Are you feeling the effects of it now, though? Because it's in Aquarius, but it's moved close, like in the high 20 degrees. So yeah, I really am. Um, I was saying that to my astrologer and mentor and teacher, um, Jules. And yeah, she's like, 100% you'll be feeling it now it's going to be very strong um yeah just like lessons are really starting to come up and having to take that time to yeah stop and like reassess life and figure out where I need to put more energy where I need to let go of things yeah and really like learn those lessons that have been coming up throughout my life do it you know once and for all (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then now you said restore. So I did my yoga teacher training and my favorite to teach was restorative yoga. And mm-hmm. I always felt like that was a connection to the water energy in my mm-hmm. chart. Like I don't do yoga to get like the, the, vin- the vinyasa flow, the sweat. It's like, no, we're here to like be at peace and relax. So um, is that like your favorite type or have you studied other types of yoga? Yeah, it's 100% my favorite type. Um, I've also studied yin. And I love that too. But yeah, restorative, I'll always have a soft spot in my heart. Um, because personally, it's helped me just so much in life. So I love to share that with other people. Yes, yin yoga. Again, it's a more like like slower in tune type of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you have, whenever I see someone with a Taurus moon, I always just think it's like the most beautiful placement because the moon's exalted in Taurus. But um, your moon is in the fourth house. So do you find that your moon placement deeply resonates? Because for those listening, the fourth house is the like the house of like cancer originally, and then the moon rules cancer. So do you find like a very deep connection to your moon placement? I do. And when I discovered, yeah, that I had a moon placement and what it was, um, I was like, oh, this is, you know, why I don't feel 100% Aquarian. Um, and yeah, just knowing I have that earthy grounding energy to make up for all of the airy, (laughs) um, mental energy that I have going on. It's it's super helpful. Yeah. And then I have, I talk a lot about the midheaven with the stuff that I do. Um, do you know anything about your midheaven that's in Libra? I don't know a whole lot about it. No. So I'm very excited to hear more. Okay, I love talking about the Midheaven, um, but Midheaven and Libra, normally I connect it to someone who um, will work with people on like a one-to-one basis. So I know you, do you prefer, like do you do one-to-one yoga, like privates, or do you do like group classes? I haven't yet, but I'm definitely excited about the perspective one-on-one. And when we have like a really small class, I love it because I can give, yeah, that really personal attention to everyone. Yeah. 
And then whenever I think of like the Midheaven and Libra, something that's like creative, yet that feels balanced, but you're, you're forming connections with people. Like your work is all about people and connecting, relating to the other. So. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. And then, so I know, like, I know a few Aquarius risings, but you're like the most calm Aquarius rising I've ever encountered. Most of them are very like a little more like, uh, I'll use the word flamboyant, like, cause I'm sure, um, like, have you read things about Aquarius rising where it's like, um, they're kind of like odd or quirky or kind of stick out from the crowd. Um, and they normally maybe do that because of the things that they say or, or whatever, but I don't know if you resonate like that. Like you don't necessarily fit in to something like you feel different. Yeah, no, I definitely do, um, relate to that. Um, and I think a lot of it goes on inside, <laughs> but I seem calm on the outside. I don't know, maybe that's my Taurus moon, <laughs> all the water, all the water in my chart. Because <laughs> yeah, I love to look at um, the ruler of the first house. It's like my favorite thing just to see how, like, because each chart's unique. No one's going to be like, not all Aquarius risings are the same. Um, so if you're an Aquarius rising, rising listening, um, you can look to your... Uh, Saturn placement like traditional ruler or um, Uranus or Uranus or Uranus however you want to say that one um, and see where it's placed so I looked and you have your Saturn and Pisces in the second which I feel like is water and earth so grounding and then um, Uranus and Capricorn in the 12th which is another like Pisces flavor with the earth so I'm like okay it just kind of that was like the click moment but I don't know if you've looked at the the ruler before Mm, yeah yeah we're just starting to sort of learn about that in my course so yeah that's super that's super cool to hear that I like that yeah you kind of just have to like um pick like which one you maybe resonate with more like as the ruler like the traditional rulers or the modern rulers but both of yours have more of like a yin perspective as opposed to the Aquarius energy being more yang so I just thought that was interesting and then I, I looked like just before this, I looked at the other Aquarius rising charts and they have um, Saturn and fire signs. So I'm like, okay, that could be the flamboyant energy I'm picking up. But so everyone always look at the ruler of your rising sign and it will have a lot of insight. Yeah, that's such a good point. I love that. Yeah. And then you have Jupiter in Scorpio, which mm -hmm. I just think is really, really cool. Um yeah. And then Venus and Pisces and they form like a trine. So just so much water. Do you have um, moments where you um, feel like very intuitive and like, have you learned to trust that intuition? Yeah, I definitely can feel the intuition and only recently, I guess, have started really trusting it and I guess tuning into it more and trying to develop it. Um, someone that I follow shared a really great reel on Instagram to, I guess, test our intuition and, and start to train it. Um, she had a box and had, I think, three items in it. And then she said, right, now tune into your intuition, take a moment and see if you can, yeah, feel into what's in the box. And yeah, I got one of them right. And that was just a nice little moment to be like, okay, cool. I can do this. I can trust this. Let's keep practicing this. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, the trusting. Um, you have your North Node in Scorpio too. So it's like your soul wants to even go to that, like go to the the intuitive and you have mastered that, like um, the practical, the Taurus energy. Yeah, for sure. Oh, you're having your reverse nodal return. Yes. I've just learned about this. It's like a thing that happens before the Saturn return, almost it's like as a preparation. Oh, <laughs> oh my, now my Gemini energy is like, it's popping around, but I want to look at your yeah. progress chart. But yeah, but you can talk about your reverse nodal return before I like go all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just an interesting one to be aware of. Um, I think I was a little bit like confused about it because it's, yeah, the opposite to my north and south nodes so I was like how do I use this energy um and I think yeah just really tapping in to that Taurus energy that grounding energy is yeah it's just like my key to unlocking the mystical the intuitive um so yeah knowing that and tapping into that and feeling really safe and secure and stable and then able to I guess transcend to different levels yeah it's very exciting yeah I found that you can't necessarily because I don't know if you feel like you pick up other people's energy if you're like I'm not a fan of big groups I don't know about you yeah and I find that if you're not grounded you cannot discern what is yours and what is someone else's and I feel like that's such Taurus Scorpio it's like okay this is mine I'm grounded but like knowing that you might pick something up or get like an intuitive download or something yeah that's so true um, and that's what I really love about human design as well. It talks about the energetics and things like that. So yeah, that's such an important point. Yeah. Okay. You're having, cause I, I researched like Saturn returns and what have, I have not gone through mine and like what happens before and they say the reverse nodal, nodal return and then um, your progressed um, moon, like it returns to its spot. So your progressed moon right now is in Taurus. So it's almost like uh it's like it's home energy and it probably feels kind of like a comfy little period of energy to be with. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Really tapping into that Taurus. <laughs> okay. So you mentioned human design energetics. Do you want to explain to everyone what human design is? It's fascinating. You're about to hear it's fascinating, but, and how it even connects to astrology. It's Thai. Yeah, um, so basically human design is an incredibly specific way to learn more about your personality, uh, your emotions and how you interact with the world and those in it. Um, so much like astrology, it is based on your exact time of, and date and place of birth um, and it provides you basically with an energetic blueprint and it is a mix of astrology, um, the chakra system, Kabbalah, I Ching, Myers-Briggs and Gene Keys all mixed into one uh, and I'm not sure if you've seen the I guess what the chart looks like we get like from Jovian Archive or My Human Design online when you type in all your details you get the body graph um, but there's actually like a more complex chart that you can pull up um, as a reader and that has yeah, all of the astrology, astrological signs around it. It's actually like quite beautiful to look at. So that's is, like a, a very visual way to see how they 
um, interrelated. It's like a big circle with the lines coming out. Yeah. Okay, I found that and I find that one so much easier to read than the one that looks like the boxes with the yeah yeah definitely yeah you would love that <laughs> yeah because yeah. it took me a while to understand like um on each side if you if you guys pull up your human um, design chart and look there'll be like two things on the side and if I'm saying this correctly one is the conscious one is like the unconscious Okay. Yes. <laughs> and then, uh, cause it'll say birthday and then design date. And so mm -hmm. that's what it's pulling. And so it's like three months before, am I saying all this correctly? Yeah. Yeah. You are. So what I even did is I put my design date in astro.com to pull up the chart for it. Yeah. Um, but do you know why they, they do it like three months before your birthday like that's how they pick the the chart do you know the answer that wasn't in the the list I kind of just springing that on you but <laughs> that's okay um yeah basically they your chart is generated three months before you're born um I can't remember exactly why that is I mean there's a lot in human design that it's like just is what it is you know it was like a downloaded like sort of psychic download for Ra Uruhu, the founder, um, which, you know, might sound a little strange, but when you delve into it and you have your chart read and it resonates, it's just like, this is amazing. So I'm going to go with that. <laughs> it, I relate. <laughs> um, and, yeah, it, it, it just, it is. <laughs> and it does provide, yeah, some insight Um while you're in the womb and there's been some really cool stories for people who are in the human design space um, that I've studied with or my mentor has taught them and she's shared their stories um, of yeah while they're carrying their baby and their baby might be a different human design type to them they can sort of feel that energy so for example this person was a projector and their baby um, is a manifesting generator and she could feel that manifesting generator energy she had all of this extra yeah energy spark it was incredible just yeah how the energy sort of play out before the child's born oh my gosh that's I've not, I haven't even like thought of that that's really cool um because I know I've I've taken like a, a like a conscious cycles course and I know they talk about like make sure you ask your um your mom like like uh things that were happening while you were in the womb because that's your first home but even to think how your mom felt when she was pregnant like how the energy yeah that's yeah. interesting okay see I love learning new things <laughs> yeah, it's so cool <laughs> how did you get um into human design like did you find it after yoga do you want to share like the I guess the studying path to human design yeah, sure. Um, so my yoga teacher actually uh, got into human design and she shared it uh, with yeah, students in the class and a little bit on social media. And when I first heard about it, I was like, yeah, I don't know about this. Like I'm a very sceptical person <laughs> when it comes to <laughs> um, hearing about new things. I was the same with astrology. Uh, I think just, you know, my upbringing in a small country town where people don't really get into that stuff. Uh, but I'm a very curious person. So I'm like, yeah, cool. I'm a bit skeptical, but I'll look into it. You know, I'm open to learning about anything, seeing how it resonates. So I did. And I pulled up my chart 
and I was so confused when I first saw it because yeah it just looks very different to any other chart that's out there and it doesn't have a lot of information um like written down it just says this is your type this is your profile and like what does that mean <laughs> uh, so I had a reading with my teacher um Emmy Ray and it was just the most life-changing reading it just confirmed like all of the things that I knew about myself but didn't fully trust um and yeah just just makes you feel a lot more confident about who you are and that you're meant to be this way and that you have you know lots of gifts to share with the world and that everyone's you know very unique and we all have a place a place in this world and yeah we're all interconnected as well that was yeah that was a really pivotal moment yes what I don't know how I found human design but I know when I researched projector I, at first I was like oh I'm only 20 percent of the population I felt like so special but then I felt like oh this explains why I don't want to do certain things or I need to rest more so it is very valuable information that I feel like everyone needs to know their human design um, type at least if they're going to look at anything and then probably their profile next right or am I saying it right I want to make sure I'm yeah. using the right term um, and then there's the authorities too I feel like those are the big three things right yeah so your human design type your strategy authority and then yeah your profile I would say for me anyway are the, are the most yeah. potent parts of your chart do you want to share the different types? Yeah, so there's five different types. We've got the generator sort of blanket, which is pure generators and manifesting generators. They share a lot of similarities, but there are some key differences. Then we've got projectors, manifestors, and reflectors. So I'm a manifesting generator, Lisa's a projector. And you are right, you you are more rare than I am, which is <laughs> <Just> super cool. <laughs> but I, I found that um, it's so cool to know this because I found that within my work, um, I have a lot of clients who are generators or manifesting generators. And I, I haven't um, come across a reflector yet. I don't know if you have. They're like the most rare. Um, have you? Yes, um, my friend is friends with one and I said, oh, can I please read for you because I would love to see a reflector's chart. Um, yeah, they only make up 1% of the population mm -hmm. and reading their chart was, yeah, so incredible. Yeah, and I find that um, even the people around me, like um, my brother, best friend, partner, all manifesting generators and I'm like, okay. So I love the manifesting generator energy I'm not sure about the generator energy, but I feel like I like the Manny Gen more, but I know it's, it's, I know it's similar. I got to be careful what I say because there's a lot of generators in the world. They're like, uh, but um, I only know one manifester, my cousin. She's like the only one in the family, but yeah, hopefully everyone has like paused this and they're looking at myhumandesign.com and then they can look at their... Um, their type but um what's I guess like the biggest difference between all five yeah yeah I can go through each of them and give a little overview if you like yeah um so yes find your type people and we'll, we'll go through them um so we'll start with generators they're the most common 
um, it's about life force energy, passion, drive, that inner fire that keeps you going um, consistently to give you energy for life. But the most important thing is your life has to light you up. The things you do in your life have to light you up to have that energy source. Um, so that's, yeah, that's like the key phrase, do what lights you up. Um, and your strategy is to respond, which is basically you're responding to life. Life comes to you. And then we can use the different authority types to determine how you best, um, yeah, tune into your intuition and figure out what's what lights you up and what's best for you in your life. Um, but when you're responding to life, it's basically everything in your day. So the food that you eat, clothes that you wear, music you listen to, everything is giving you signs and signals. So it's about tapping into that and figuring out, um, yeah, what makes you happy and excited. Often like a physical indication of that will just be like, clapping your hands or saying like yay or giggling or your eyes widening or brightening, that feeling of your body like expanding rather than if something is not meant for you, your body might retract, turn in, shudder, might be like, ew, like no. <laughs> so that's a nice way to sort of look at that. Uh, and yeah, when you're following your strategy, you'll feel satisfied as opposed to your not self theme, which is frustration. So they're also good indications of following your strategy. And then we've got the manifesting generators. So again, similar to generators, that energy life force, passion drive, um, doing the things that light you up is your, is your theme as well. But the difference is that a generator's energy is more consistent MGs have like a huge burst of energy and they can get like a superhuman amount done. But then once that's done, it's like, okay, that was a bit draining. I'm going to retreat a little bit or go at just a little bit of a slower pace until that big wave of energy and excitement comes around again. Uh, also in the consistency theme, it's healthy for manifesting generators to change their mind. Sometimes, you know, you'll say yes to a plan. You feel so excited in the moment and then it comes to the time of the day and you're like, oh, I'm getting these, <laughs> you know, the shudder or the, oh, the no, like I just really don't want to do this. And that can be really hard, you know, to feel like you're letting people down or you're letting yourself down. But the most healthy thing for you to do is to honour that and to say, actually, that's a no today. I, I don't want to do this thing. And that might be, yeah, really scary, but in the big scheme of things, following your design, your strategy, um, that will that will help the world. People will will see that and they'll respect that. And it gives others permission to do the same. And the, yeah, the strategy is the same as a pure generator to respond the feeling of satisfaction, and then the not-self theme, frustration. And then we have projectors, Lisa. <laughs> 
Um, and they have this beautiful ability to read people, read situations super well and find solutions. They really recognize other people and people can feel like super seen and understood by a projector, which is such a gift. Um, they have what is called a penetrating aura, which is, yeah, just that, that ability to really see people, understand people. And projectors, like a generator and manifesting generator can, you know, sort of work all day, the nine to five, if it lights them up, um, can be an easy way to understand how a generator might work. Um, but for a projector, nine to five generally isn't a helpful way to work, which I'm sure you <laughs> you feel that, Lisa. <laughs> I am like against the nine to five. I believe in the four day workday movement or mm -hmm. uh, working for yourself. I'll stop talking and let you go back to explaining. <laughs> yes. <laughs> No, that's great. Yeah, no, I even though I'm an MG, I fully support that too. <laughs> um, yeah, so often projectors only need to work a couple of hours a day and they'll still get as much done as a generator. And then they can spend time resting. That might be, you know, like actual rest where you sleep or um, you do some restorative yoga or meditate, or it might just be things, activities that, feel restful and peaceful and relaxing for you. Maybe it's going for a nature walk or doing something creative that puts you in a flow state. Just something that isn't work. You don't you don't need to work all the time if you don't want to. No. It's an amazing, amazing gift, but can be challenging to sort of, yeah, get your head around when society says you need to work nine to five, <laughs> you need to grind. <laughs> uh, Yes, and the strategy is waiting for the invitation. Uh, so basically life and the people in it will give you invitations and that might be a traditional invitation like, hey, Lisa, would you like to come to this thing I'm doing on the weekend? <laughs> or it might be a little more subtle or not as obvious it might be someone's body language that's inviting you. Um, so if you're speaking about something and, yeah, someone's body language is like, oh, yes, please tell me more, um, that's your invitation to, to tell them more. It could be someone asking you specific questions. It could be someone asking for your opinion or your expertise. Um, and your words as a projector are, are super precious. And when they're received by people, um, who really want to hear them and they're your sort of people, they're the right people for you, then it will be like life-changing for those people and you'll feel super seen. It's really important for projectors to feel seen and valued and heard and understood. So finding the people that are right for you is very important. And then the not-self theme is bitterness. Yes. When I learn that, I watch for that now. If, if I look at something and it makes me feel better, I put like I'll have to just like step away and be like, no, no, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, I've, I've, yeah, that was very helpful to learn. What were, what were you saying about the words? Like the words a projector speaks are important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, when a, a projector speaks, it's like you want to listen. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, because I forget, this could be because I'm a Gemini, but I forget what I say all the time. And I know that's a really bad thing because words can have such a big impact. And I've had people say, oh, I re-listened to the the needle chart reading you did and oh, what you said here really. And I'm like, oh God, what did I say? Like, hopefully it was okay. And um, even with the podcast, I try to like, to stop talking and listen and absorb the information. It's like the, I guess, reverse of that, but- yeah. Okay. I'll let you continue. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> so many lessons to be learned. Yeah. Within the human design chart, <laughs> things to discover about ourselves. Um, and then we've got manifestors. So they're a little bit more rare again. We're basically going from most common to least common. Um, and that's all about creating the life that you want. You don't need to wait for a sign from the universe you are the universe and you are the sign. It's such a cool energy, such a cool energy. Uh, I mean, they're all cool, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and they have what you call in human design a repelling aura, which doesn't sound amazing, but it's not as bad as it sounds. <laughs> and that basically is just a strong energy that really, um, yeah, really helps you get what you need to in your life. So it might push away the people that you're really not meant to be around. But on the flip side, it really pulls in the people who are meant to be in your life. So the manifesto energy is, is very strong. And that's just an example of sort of that strength and power. And yeah, that strength and power just to create the life that you want simply from just speaking what you want or thinking about what you want or just going after what you want. Um, is amazing and yeah I know that we hear a lot when people talk about manifestation you know you have I guess Tony Robbins <laughs> I don't know if he's a manifester but I feel like he probably is <laughs> that works really well for him to be like you know go after what you want and do it and you'll get it um, and yeah for a manifester that is exactly the energy it doesn't always work for all the other types, we do things in a different way, like we've touched on for generators, responding to life or projectors, waiting for the invitation. Um, but yeah, that just could be a, a way to think about that manifesto energy. Did you find something? I had to look. I had to Google Tony Robbins <laughs> human design. It says he's a, a 6-2 manifesting generator with a single definition. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. I do get that manifesting in it. Uh, generator energy for him yeah. too and manifesting generators do have a sprinkling of that manifesto energy but it's predominantly the generator energy uh, yeah so we don't go about things in quite the same way as a, a pure manifesto it's cool to know <laughs> is it true like that um I'm, I'm trying to think of a few manifestors I know I follow do they kind of almost want to like rebel against what is the normal thing? Because I, I find that the the few I follow, they do things very differently, but you can't help but want to know what they're going to do or like almost like they're leading something. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, and yeah, I guess that's what makes, makes them so interesting. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you feel that sort of, yeah, that powerful aura for sure. Uh, and because their strategy is to inform, if a manifesto is living that strategy, 
and they're informing people like I guess social media that's a great way to inform because you're posting your words a video a picture literally telling people this is what I'm doing or this is what I'm going to do um, that is received really well by everyone else the example that my teacher uses is let's say you're I don't know at school and the manifesto gets up to go to the bathroom but they don't tell anyone lots of people in the room will be like wait where did that person go oh my gosh are they okay like did I do such did I say something like are they angry at me and then they, you know they'll just come back from the toilet everything's fine but if they said hey I'm going to the toilet that often will just be received better by the people in the room and it's like okay cool we know what that person's doing like everything's all right with the world <laughs> so it's very interesting uh, and their signature is peace and their not self-theme is anger that's pretty self-explanatory yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we have reflectors the rarest type of them all <laughs> and yeah, like I said, 1% of the population, they're designed to sample and reflect and then judge the quality of the environment around them, what needs to be changed for the betterment of earth or society is often a question that they're asking themselves. Uh, they really feel things deeply. <laughs> they feel the physical, the psychic, um, or the emotional health of the environment around them, the people around them, and they offer a really unique perspective. They're really attuned to the cosmic environment. They are lunar beings, like they're literally called lunar beings, <laughs> which is so cool. And they're guided by the 28-day lunar cycle. So that moon is so important to them. Nature is so important. Um, so they have a strong connection yeah, with all of that. And they're basically here to teach us or, you know, help us relearn how to connect with the earth the way that we used to before modern cities were created, before we lost touch with the cyclical nature of, of the world, of the earth, the universe, of our bodies. Um, and they have a deep desire for harmony. They're very resilient. And yeah, very conditioned by the transition of the planets. Uh, I feel like you really like this. <laughs> so the planets move through a reflector's chart throughout the month. So things are always changing. And that's why reflectors are advised to wait an entire lunar cycle, so 28 days, to make a decision. Yes, I heard that. I don't know how I would be able to do that if I was a reflector. Like that feels like a, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's why I like, I love to hear from reflectors just, you know, what does it feel like? How is it for you navigating that? Have you, yeah, worked with the 28 day cycle and how did you find it compared to previously not doing that? Um, and because, so we have these centers in the chart and they're either, some of them are colored in defined and some of them are not colored in undefined. And for a reflector, all of the centers are undefined. So they take on a lot of energy from the world and from other people. So they're very empathetic, highly sensitive. It's a really beautiful, beautiful energy. Mm. Yeah. Sorry. 
No, if anyone's listening and they're a reflector, you have to DM Gabby or me on Instagram. Let us know because I've never met a reflector. So (laughs) (laughs) Gabby will want to learn uh, from you. So please reach out if you're a reflector. Yes, please. That would be amazing. (laughs) Um, And a reflector strategy is, yeah, waiting for that lunar cycle. Their not-self theme is disappointment. And the signature is surprise. So it's about, yeah, being surprised by life, which I think is super cool. Yeah. Yeah. And finding the right people in the right environment for you is just such a key because you take on lots of energy and conditioning from other people. It's finding your people, your environment tuning to nature and the moon and yeah is there any like I guess so if you have like open okay now okay well my brain is going in so many different directions with this question of course (laughs) um so I know I have some open centers but like even generators they'll have open centers too yes is it possible to have a chart with all defined centers has that been like a thing I think it is a thing, not super common, Um, but yes, yeah, it is known to have been true. My partner has, I think, everything defined but one or two, so that's a very strong, strong chart compared to my quite open chart. (laughs) Are there, like, um, things you can do if you have, like, an open center to kind of, I know for me, I'm supposed to, like, clear out my sacral (laughs) if I've picked up something that's not mine but um for other people if like other areas are undefined um is there uh ways or oh now I have another question but is there ways to I guess clear out the energy but is there a difference also between undefined and open yeah so undefined and open technically there's a difference uh if you're talking about the the chart and the specifics um the the gates and the channels that connect to that center. Basically, you'll have none of that if it's open, Um, but the energetics is essentially the same. It might just feel a little bit stronger if it's open rather than undefined, but it'll feel the same pretty much. Okay, I just wanna, I just wanna make sure I'm like like using the right language, but um, did you wanna go over either the profiles or the authorities? I don't know which one you think would be more important to go over for people listening. Yeah, I mean, they're both super important. Authorities, probably a little bit more um, because we always say follow strategy and authority and your type as the key things. Even if you dive deeper into a chart and talk about gates and channels and all of that, it always comes back to strategy and authority. Um, So we could touch on that and I'm happy also to talk about profiles if there's time. Up to you. Um, There's a few authorities. I'll probably just talk about the main, well, the the three that are most common. Um, But we have sacral authority, emotional authority, self-projected authority, splenic authority, ego authority, self-authority, environmental authority and the lunar cycle authority and the most common two are the sacral and the emotional so the sacral is 
that gut feeling, trust your gut. <laughs> that comes from a sacral authority. It's that inner GPS that guides you through life. If you make a decision from your authority, uh, human design says that'll bring you closer to your truth and correct path in life. And decisions from the mind may lead to things that aren't truly correct for you if you have a sacral authority because you're meant to listen to your gut and not your mind. And feeling safe is super important to help you tune into your authority. And it's nice to test, yeah, test it out in small ways first. Like, what do I want to, what do I want to eat for dinner? Okay, let's listen to the sacral. <laughs> and the sacral uh, really likes yes and no questions. So basically not being too vague. So if someone says, would you like pizza? You say yes or no. Tap into the sacral. What is the strong response? Um, so that can be a nice one. And again, the yes or no have like a visceral, physical feeling. So the no might, yeah, feel like that shudder, that retraction, that ugh. Or the yes might feel like your body's expanding. You get really excited. You clap your hands. You say yay, <laughs> whatever it is for you. And then we have the emotional authority. And that is related to the emotional and the nervous system. And for people with an emotional authority, it's good to take time to make a decision because you have this thing called an emotional wave and you need to ride that emotional wave first before knowing what your true and correct aligned decision is for you. So a little um, quote for that is, there's no truth in the now. And compared to, yeah, that gut response for a sacral, your advice would be sleep on it. Someone asks you to do something, oh, hey, I'll get back to you tomorrow. That's okay to say. I know it can be hard to say, but it's super important for people with an emotional authority to do that. And the emotional wave is, yeah, basically just like the high and lows um, emotionally. It might last for a few minutes, hours or days, um, whatever it is for you, just honoring that and knowing it's okay. Yeah. And it's, it's good advice as well to not make a decision when you're super high or when you're super low, just waiting till you're sort of back in the middle, feeling nice and calm and then making that decision. I have that. I have the emotional authority. So I, yes, I'm now learning, like, you don't have to respond to an email right away or like you can type something out, but don't send it. Don't do that. I've, I've definitely learned, <laughs> learned that. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So amazing. It's very powerful, very empowering, I think. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And often people with an emotional authority, <clears throat> pardon me, others really feel it. Um, so like an example is also, I don't know if she's actually emotional, but it's just like a good <laughs> example to use. Um, if you think of an Adele song, pretty much everyone just feels like how powerful and emotional her songs are. Like people start crying, listening to it, or they really relate to that experience of a breakup or something that she's talking about. Um, that's often how people perceive the emotional authority and energy. 
And then we have a self-projected authority, and that is a projector authority. Not every projector has it, but it's common for them too. And that authority, I find it super interesting. Basically, the best way for them to follow their authority is to speak things out. It's all about talking and expressing. And they'll be able to tell if something feels right or feels wrong when they speak things out. So you might be able to, you might not mentally know if something's right or wrong yet until you speak it. And then you can hear it in your voice. And then you'll come to like your own conclusion. It's like if you're talking to someone else, you don't even need them to say, oh yeah, you should do this, you should do that. You'll literally like ask the question or say the thing and then be like, oh, I know now. So I think that's that's very cool. Is that one also called mental projector? Or is that something different? That's something different. That's, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's lots of types of projectors. It's yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so you're having that trusted, safe person that you know you can talk to and that you know will really listen and not try and interject with their ideas or all their suggestions is super important for a self-projected projector. And they're, they're probably the main three that I come across. Okay. I haven't heard of the self-projected projector. I'm just, in my family, I've looked at everyone's charts because that's just what I do. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of mental projectors. And I was like, okay. So, but there's a lot of projectors in my family, which is, I just think kind of interesting. Um, but I don't know if we have time. Would you have time to go over the num like the, the numbers? Is that the profiles? Yeah, for sure. Let's dive into the profiles. I love the profiles. <laughs> um, so I think the easiest way is just to go through each number and tell you about the energetics of that number. And then you can look at your individual charts, see which numbers you have, put them together. They're the energies you have. But basically it's a number, a forward slash, and another number. Mm -hmm. And the first number generally is what you're most conscious of. The second number is often what is unconscious. You might not feel as connected to it, but that's not always the case. Just depends on the person. I personally feel more connected to my second number, but you know, okay. yeah, it's, it's very interesting. You were the four, six. That's what you said at the beginning. Yeah. When I learned about the numbers, I was like, oh, this makes so much sense. I'm the three, five. And I love my three. I love trying everything, but the five, I can see it come out, but I don't connect to it as much, but I definitely know where I, it's like, I immediately go to solving things. It's, that's just right where my brain goes. And when I read about the five, I was like, wow. Okay. So that's just me. I'll continue to do that forever then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I love that. So we'll start with the one. That's the strong foundation. They're introspective. They learn from watching others. Very empathic. Um, they're almost like a chameleon in life. Blending in, learning, taking on all of the bits and pieces from their environment and people around them. They love reading, learning, discovering, like 
give them a library, give them Google. <laughs> They'll look up all of the things and learn all of the things. Uh, and it's important for them to have time alone so they can just dive into that, that hole and just <laughs> keep digging and keep learning, <laughs> keep discovering um, and get, yeah, getting into the zone and the flow state uh, are really great ways um, of really tapping into that one energy. It's quite common for ones to doubt how much they know. So I always tell them, like, really just trust what you know. You know so much. You're constantly learning and absorbing info and just trusting that the information will come to you when you need it. You don't always have to, to plan everything out and write everything down. Um, you know lots. <laughs> uh, and quite often there might be someone who, you know, loves a Google review or loves writing a Google review, always looking for the best of things, best place to eat, the best thing to buy. <laughs> Just that knowledge is power. And then we have the two, and that's like the natural. They pick up things easily. Um, sometimes, like the one, they like to spend time alone. They can, you know, learn new things or per perfect their craft. They might be slightly introverted, but have a very playful energy about them. And it's very important to have the right people around you that really honour your gifts and encourage you to nurture them. And yeah, basically the purpose of your life is identifying your gifts and skills. Yeah, and growing them and trusting, trusting your gifts. And by following your strategy and authority, like anything in human design, always back to strategy and authority, um, but following strategy and authority for a two will really lead you to your gifts and they'll come to the surface and then you can nurture them. And then we've got the three. That is about trial and error. They're here to discover what does work and what doesn't work. Um, they'll often be the first ones to recognize in society if something isn't working or if something is working. And because they've had that trial and error themselves personally, they'll be like, well, this is a solution. I did this thing and I figured out how to do it. <laughs> so it's really, really great to listen to the three when they offer those solutions. Um, they're very adaptable and resilient. They have a tenacious energy about them. Things like scientific exploration um, could be a way that that sort of comes out. And that, yeah, here to transform the world and to model that transformation and to teach us that if we're grounded in our bodies, then transformation is possible. Challenging the norms and yeah, seeing things that there's no such thing as failure. There's only discovery. Yes, I can say yes to all of that for sure. <laughs> I always say that if I, I don't, I will not know if I like something until I try it. I will try most things once and then I may, I'll do maybe 90%. I won't do 90% of those things again. 
but I haven't heard or like research anywhere about the seeing it happen or like things in society, you know, when they're not working. I like that. I definitely think I see some of that as well. I always looked at it more just like what I do and how I'm kind of bouncing around, but I like that as well. Okay. Okay. So I'll stop now, but that was really, I liked that. No, I love it. I love when you share your experiences. It's so great to hear how it resonates for everyone, how it shows up in their lives. Yeah. And then we have the four and security is very important for the four. Their place of, that they live, their place of work, their place of community. And it's basically all about community and social sisterhood, all of those vibes. It's about the physical realm, feeling really grounded in that. And yeah, having having your people around you. Often fours are very good at curating a community. They are very welcoming, very friendly, and they can make good managers. Of course, if they're lit up and inspired <laughs> by the group they're managing. <laughs> so yeah, surrounding yourself with people that feel good to you is super important and they'll amplify your strengths. So it's all about quality over quantity when it comes to community and friendship and the people around you. Uh, so networking and word of mouth can be super powerful for fours as well. The people that you know, um, I always like to use the example of for fours, like asking them in their life when they've gotten a job or they've met a partner or they've made a new friend is that through some sort of networking? Like, was, is your partner a friend of a friend? Did you get a job because you knew someone or you knew someone that knew someone? <laughs> or did you get the job, you know, just sort of cold calling? Often the answer is no. Actually, it was because I knew someone or I was connected to someone. So, yeah, getting out and, and talking and nurturing those connections that feel really good will bring you all sorts of opportunities in life. I want to ask you how you feel the four play out, but then I'm even thinking we technically connected through Anna, who like I was connect. That's so cool. Look at that. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That's the foreign work. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, yeah, that's been so true for me in my life. All of the best jobs, the best friends, the yeah, my partner now is all through, all through that sort of networking and community. Well, yeah. And then we've got the five and that's your second number. <laughs> and that is the teacher. They're great at making things understandable and practical, which I feel like you're totally doing on this podcast and on your Instagram. I didn't know it was the teacher. Now I'm like, oh, I totally res resonate with the five now. Okay. <laughs> Yay. Explain <laughs> differently everywhere. So I love hearing your insights because it's, yeah. Okay. Continue, continue. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. Everywhere um, is a little different the way they interpret it, but that's what my teacher has taught me. And uh, yeah, I love, I love this explanation of the five, and I really resonate it um, with it. Uh, like I resonate 
to this with the the fives in my life because there are a lot of fives in my life (laughs) and I learned from all of them it's it's amazing surround yourself with fives (laughs) Uh, so people really look up to fives they really want to know more about you like who are you what do you do um often they're projected onto by others and the projection is usually like super positive People will be like, wow, this five is amazing. Like, I want to know everything about them. I want to follow them. Um, often there's, you know, a few fives on social media and they're often the accounts that, yeah, everyone loves. Everyone's like, have to follow this person. <laughs> I wonder what they're up to. Like, let's look at their stories every day. <laughs> Tell me more. Uh, and, yeah, so people can put you on a pedestal, which can be super nice. Um Sometimes it can be a little bit challenging for the five, um, feeling like, oh, I have to fulfill this person's projection of me. But you don't have to. (laughs) You don't have to be the person that um, other people want you to be. But, yeah, generally the projections are, are really great. Yeah, I've definitely experienced the projection of, like, onto me of things, maybe not necessarily in a positive way, but like the yeah it's so weird to hear like oh people want what you're doing and I'm like ah like ah no I don't think so but somebody commented on my Instagram today saying they love like they love that things and I had absolutely no idea and I was like oh okay and it was like a nice moment but it makes me feel a tiny bit uncomfortable because I don't necessarily know what they're seeing but I don't know I kind of almost want to like I love using things like human design astrology, like in our businesses to help them just run better with our energy. So now I'm like, hmm, maybe people are kind of nosy about what I'm doing. I wonder what else I can like share. So that's kind of like the little, the little inspiration light bulb moment kind of clicking. So yeah, that's awesome to know, but also so like weird to know at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. And I guess, you know, in other ways in life, um, we can all resonate to that a little bit of, you know, we might think we're not so good at something or we don't realise how we impact others. But then, you know, people come to you and they're like, wow, you do this thing really amazingly. Like, that inspires me. And you're like, oh, okay, wow. Like, <laughs> I had no idea. So that's, yeah, really the energy of a five, even if you don't always feel that or know what other people see in you. They're always, always... Um, yeah, looking up to you and learning from you and seeing really positive things, which is really amazing. And then we've got the six and the six is super interesting and I'm not just saying that because I've got it. (laughs) Um, It basically between uh, zero to 30, when you're a six, you live as a three. So you live in that trial and error state you're always learning, figuring out what works, what doesn't. And because you're not a true three, you're a six, uh, it can often feel a little bit harder going through that trial and error. The error can feel just a little bit tougher. <laughs> so often people say when they get to 30 and they're in that next bracket of 30 to 50, that life just feels a little easier. It's like, cool, I've learned so many lessons in my 30 years on this planet. Now I'm going to sit with these lessons. I'm going to integrate, go back to the self, 
reflect, enjoy the peace and quiet uh, and let things settle, which is super nice. So there's lots and lots of wisdom that's collected throughout a six's life and that wisdom is meant to be shared. You'll be that person that people turn to when they need some help, when they need some advice, they need some wisdom. You're the role model, the peacemaker, the sage, that you know, wise person that sits on top of the hill. <laughs> people come for their wisdom. <laughs> but you also don't care if people come. It's like, I know what I know. I'm happy and at peace with myself. Um, and they're here to show us a new way of living. Uh, and that third stage is 50 to 100. And that's like when a six really fully, truly steps into that wisdom and that leadership role, really owning who you are. Um, and yeah, that's why sixes teach society that youth isn't everything. You actually can be, yeah, your fullest and your ripest in, in your sort of second half of life. And yeah, teaching us about aging with grace, teaching us about maturity and teaching people that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and people will trust you because they neither know, they sense that you've been through it, you've learnt. Um, yeah, it's just, I think it's super cool. <laughs> Are you excited to see what the second stage will be in a few years? Like how like your energy kind of, maybe settles a bit yes so excited um so I'm 28 and then yeah when I hit 30 that'll be very interesting and I also love relating the Saturn return to this yes. I feel like it's a similar energy I was just thinking of yeah mm. yeah so we'll see what happens in the next couple of years there'll be lots of lessons no doubt <laughs> it'll be cool though to see what you're like teaching about in a few years like if it stays the same or changes yeah yeah definitely and as a manifesting generator you know <laughs> sort of switching from thing to thing or having multiple modalities um and offering all of them or blending them as one whole thing uh, is definitely a theme in my life and other manifesting generators so yeah, I don't know what's going to happen in the next few years or the rest of my life, but I'm trusting that and, and yeah, I'm definitely excited for that. Yeah. Is there any other like last words that you have to share about human design and why it's like a really cool tool to use? Um, I think we've touched on a lot of stuff, but I think the main thing I come back to is it's a permission slip it's a permission slip just to be you and I think a lot of us need that so I think it's really yeah really valuable and important and can be yeah quite transformative and life-changing yes yes I view astrology the same way it's like just be yourself like yeah 100% um so are you actively taking clients or do you have a wait list where you can tell everyone how they can contact you yes yeah, so I have a wait list at the moment for human design readings I'm still doing a few practice readings just to to learn even more which was great to do leases for that taught me so much so uh, if you go to my Instagram which is mother nature's alchemist and you go to the link in bio then there's a, a link for the wait list and I'll email everyone when I'm offering readings. 
Okay, awesome. I'll go find that link and I'll put it in the uh, the little description show notes with your Instagram so everybody um, can follow you. And then how I like to end off podcast episodes is saying advice from a, like from an Aquarius. So do you have any advice as an Aquarius to give everyone? <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> I think my advice would just be don't be afraid to be different. Don't be afraid to look at things differently and do things a different way. There is such magic and medicine in that. And yeah, even if you're the first one to sort of go there, people will catch up. They will realize and yeah, you you offer such wisdom to everyone. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'd love to hear from you on Instagram or by leaving a rating or review. It would also mean the world to me if you subscribe to this podcast, if you enjoyed today's episode. If you'd like to support the podcast and continue to discover the don't tell me what to do vibration, there are three different ways. You can keep listening to these podcast episodes that I put out weekly. You can also purchase the subscription version of the podcast, which is new, for exclusive episodes. Or you can purchase my book, which has the exact same name as this podcast. So with so much love and gratitude, see you very, very soon in the next episode.